how many remembers me asking you to befriend somebody that don't go to church? How many raise your hand? How many would say, I, I, I remember you asking me to do that? And so I'm asking you to befriend somebody who don't go to church, invite them to come to church, and uh, because we've got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that is winning the loss for Jesus. All right? Do you know there was a statistic that says that 3 to 6% will come because of Sunday school, 3 to 8% will come because of their own initiative, 4 to 10% will come because they like the program, 10 to 20% will come because they like the pastor. 10 to 25% will come in response to a visitation of evangelism. And 60 to 90% of people will come because some friend or some relative asked them to come to church. How many would agree with me that that is a strong indicator that by you asking somebody to come to church, that's pretty strong that they might come to church? How much 60 to 90% of people who come to church will come to church because a friend or a relative asked them to come. A friend or a relative will ask them to come. And so I'm asking you to invite somebody to church. The Bible says, and if you haven't noticed, I'm preaching already. The Bible says in Luke chapter 25 and verse number 46, I want you to see something in this Scripture, and it's so very important that you see this. Luke chapter number 24, verse 46, the Bible says, and then he said to them, thus it is written, thus it's necessary for Christ to suffer, to rise again from the dead on the third day. Verse 47, that the repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Somebody shout Jerusalem. Uh, on the count of three, shout it as loud as you can. One, two, three. Now, Jerusalem was the hometown of Jesus, and Jerusalem is the hometown of the disciples. So Jesus is ascended to the Father after the resurrection. He tells His disciples, I want you to go preach the Gospel, but I want you to start where? On the count of three. One, two, three. Where do I want you to start at? Where? I want you to start at Jerusalem. Now why do you need to start at Jerusalem? Because that's His home town. So Jesus said, the very first place that I want you to start with is I want you to start in Jerusalem. I want you to tell people in your hometown about, Jesus, about me. I want you to go to Jerusalem. The very first place that I want you to go to is I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to tell them about what I've done for you. And ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to win the loss, we've got to start right where we're at. We got to start in Baxter. We got to start in Riverton. We got to start in Galena. We got to start in Joplin. We got to start in our Jerusalem. I'm going to say that again. We got to start in Jerusalem, which is our hometown, which is Joplin, Galena, Riverton, and Baxter. This is our region. We got to start here. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. If we don't, then listen, we'll become a church that's isolated and always focusing on ourselves instead of looking on the outside of the walls of this church. Listen, Jesus came to save the lost. He didn't come to make this Christian comfortable. He came to save the lost. And sometimes we come to church and we think it's all about us. We come to church with a shopping cart, what we can do for ourselves. But really, we need to view church as a shovel. We come to church to work. 
We don't come to church with a shopping cart to see what appeases us, what pleases us. We come to church with a shopping, uh, we come to church with a shovel because we desire to work and not just sit sour and soak. So Jesus started where? He started in his Jerusalem. He started in his hometown. And he told his disciples, I want you to go forth and I want you to tell people about me in your hometown. How many would raise your hand and say, I want to tell people in my hometown about Jesus? I want to tell people in my hometown about Jesus. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, verse 8. Now this is a story I want to remind you. This is the story, Mark chapter 5, verse number 8. This is the story of the man who is possessed with a legion of demons. A legion of demons. And the Bible says in verse number 8, and he's casting the demon out. He says to the man, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Now, you've got to read the story. The man had 2,000 demons. Jesus cast the demons out. And then the Bible says in verse number 18 of the same chapter, he says this. And when Jesus got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. The verse number 19. However, Jesus did not permit him but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you and how He has compassion on you. Do you see that, ladies and gentlemen? The, the demon-possessed man got free from the demons and he wanted to stay with Jesus, but Jesus said, listen, I want you to go tell your friends what I did. Isn't that, isn't that what we do sometimes? We're like that man who got free and we want to stay with Jesus in the church. But Jesus said, listen to the man. I don't want you to stay with me. I want you to go and tell your friends what I did for you. You see that? Go home and tell your friends. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you to go home and tell your friends. I'm asking you to go tell somebody about Jesus. And I'm asking you to go tell your own family. You know somebody you're very close to. You go to the same bank every week. Some of you go to the same grocery store. Some of you have the same routine. You go to the same school. You, have this, you, you know certain people. And I'm asking you to go tell your friends. Go tell your relatives. Go to your Jerusalem. Go to your city. Go to the environment that you're used to and find somebody and tell them about Jesus. You see, this man wanted to go with Jesus. This man wanted to be comfortable. This man wanted to stay with Jesus. But Jesus said, listen, I want you to go tell your friends about what I did. And I'm asking you, church, if we're ever going to do something for God, I'm asking you to go tell somebody about Jesus. I'm asking you to invite somebody to church. I'm asking you to not sit at the seat any longer, but to get up and be a missional Christian, be a missionary, and go tell somebody about Jesus. We think that missionaries are somebody that goes across the sea and tells somebody about Jesus and we send a few dollars to help them out. That, that's true. That is a missionary. But you are a missionary. And you don't have to go to school to be a missionary. You don't have to have a degree. You can just be yourself. You know why? Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 that the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness. And the reason you have the Holy Spirit is that you would be a witness. You don't have the Holy Spirit so you can show manifestations all the time. 
You have the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness. And so you have the Spirit of God inside of you and you are to go tell the story. What story? That Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and on the third day Jesus rose again from the dead. He is seated with the Father and all you've got to do is repent of your sin and believe in Jesus and obey His commandments and you will have eternal life. Now, people will argue with you about the Bible because we live in a day and age where people are sensitive and they get offended about everything. They're going to argue. They're going to get offended. But people cannot argue with you about your testimony. If you sit down with somebody and say to that person, listen, three years ago I was on drugs. There was no hope. I was helpless. I was on my way. Physically, I was deteriorating. I've lost my home, lost my family. And some of you have that testimony. But God saved me. God delivered me. They can't argue with that testimony. How many would raise your hand and say, I have a testimony that people can't argue with? And when you start sharing that testimony with people, how are people going to argue with you? They can't argue with your testimony. It's your testimony. It's your life. It's your story. Now, I want you to share the Bible, and maybe you don't know all the Bible. Maybe, you don't, maybe you're not skilled in that, and that's all right. But you can use your testimony, and the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say at the right time. And so you are called to share the Gospel. And where are you called to share the Gospel at? Jerusalem. Your hometown. You're to tell your friends. Go tell your friends. Don't just stay in the church, but go tell your friends about Jesus. What about John chapter 1, verse 40? This is an interesting story. John chapter 1, verse 40. The Bible says, One of the two heard, John speak, followed him, Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother. Now look at this, verse 41. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Verse 42. And he brought to him Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Do you see that? Go to verse 41. He first found his own brother and brought him to who? Jesus. In other words, he found his own brother and took him to Jesus. And that's what it is. That's what it's about is finding your own relatives, finding your own friends, and bringing them to Jesus. You see, some of us think that you need to go to the mission field to be a missionary. You need to, you need to go across the seas to share the Gospel. But you need to be like Andrew and bring your brother to Jesus. Some of you got lost loved ones. You, maybe your spouse is unsaved, your children your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, friends that you work with. You know somebody that don't know Jesus. And so our responsibility is to bring them to Jesus. To bring them to Jesus. That is our responsibility as a church. And so He brought them to Jesus. So you bring your friends. You bring your brothers. You bring your family. The Bible also says in Acts chapter 10, verse 8, there's a story about Cornelius. Cornelius. Cornelius is having this experience with God. And the Bible says, Acts chapter 10, verse number 1 through 8, 
And it gives us the indication of this story of Cornelius is having. He has this vision. He sees an angel because he's worshiping the Lord. And I want you to see this. Acts chapter 10, verse number 1. Acts chapter 10, verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment. The Bible says, it goes on to verse number 2, he was a devout man, one who feared God, all of his household. He gave his alms generously to the Lord, to the people. He always prayed. Now this is an upstanding citizen. This is a man that loves God. Verse number 3, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw a vision of an angel coming to him, saying to him, Cornelius. Verse number 4, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And so he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now, let's stop here. That's the backdrop of the story. Now, he got so excited that he went to tell his story. The Bible says in Acts chapter, 20, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 24, look at verse 24 of the same chapter, Cornelius gets really excited, and this is what the Bible says. And the following day, the intercessoria... Now Cornelius was waiting for them and he called together his relatives and his close friends. Why did he call his friends and close relatives? Because he's going to tell them his experience of what happened to him. And see, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you and I are called to do. You are called to go tell your friends and your relatives. You're called to go tell your brother. You're called to tell your close friends. You're called to go tell somebody. Some of us think that we got to go across the world to do it. And I'm asking you to go across the street to do it. I'm asking you to go across the street. I'm asking you to invite somebody to your house and have dinner with them and share your experience. I'm asking you to befriend somebody that don't know the Lord. I'm asking you to invite somebody next week to church. I'm asking you to be proactive about it and invite somebody. If you don't do it, you're going, to be the, you're going to be guilty of the sin of silence. Let's open our mouth and tell the gospel. He went and told his friends. He went and told his close relatives. And I'm asking you to do the same thing. I'm asking you to do the same thing. Amen? Did we already look at Mark chapter 5, verse 8? I think we did, didn't we? So, you see all these stories. You see... You see Mark chapter 5, verse 8. You see John chapter 1, verse 40. You see Acts chapter 10, verse 1. You see all these stories of people inviting somebody about their experience. Inviting somebody to hear about their experience. And so, if we're going to be the church that we're called to be, we have to be proactive about being a missionary. We've got to be proactive about inviting somebody to church. We've got to be proactive about inviting somebody to the house of God. We've got to be proactive about asking somebody to come to church. We've got to be proactive about sharing our experience with somebody. Every one of you have an experience. Every one of you, you have a story to tell. But the story will not be told unless you tell it. You've got to open your mouth and you've got to tell the story. You see, if you don't tell the story, it won't be told. His story, your story is in His story. But you are called to tell the story. And so many times in closing, so many times we, we get wrapped up thinking that we're not qualified. 
that we don't have the credentials, that we don't have what it takes to share the Gospel with someone. And all it takes is a brave person, a brave woman, a brave man who is not afraid to share their story with somebody and share the Gospel with somebody, invite them to church, befriend them. Don't point your finger down at them. Have compassion for them. Remember what the word compassion is? To suffer alongside. I'm asking you to have compassion upon the unsaved. To sympathize with the way that they feel. Understand the way that they feel. Don't point your finger down at them, but sympathize with their brokenness. Look at them and say, listen, I know you're going through a hard time. I know that you're struggling. I know you feel like there's no way out. As a matter of fact, I felt that way before. I remember that I felt that way before. And I remember how God brought me through. And how God delivered me. And how God sustained me. And if God could do it for me, I know He can do it for you. Sympathize with them. Open your heart up. Share the Gospel. Share your story with But I'm asking you to start with your family. I'm asking you to start with your closest friends. I'm asking you to start with your co-workers. I'm asking you to start with the person at the bank or at the restaurant. It's amazing the potential that we have as a church if we can just open our mouth and share the Gospel. I was praying. I remember last year I was praying. I was walking around the sanctuary here and I was praying. I'll never forget this. I actually wrote it down in my journal. And as I was praying, I was walking around and I was, I mean, I was really at it. And I was seeking the Lord. And I heard these words. You have a shortage of seats. For I do not have a shortage of people. And I thought, well, Lord, I've got lots of seats. I can, they're everywhere in this building. But you know what the Lord was saying to me? The Lord is saying to me, There is so many fish in the sea that there is no reason why this church and every other church cannot be filled up five times over. I'm going to say that again. There is so much fish in the sea, there's no reason why this church and every other church cannot be filled five times over. Can I hear an amen? There's no reason. You know what we have done? We have become the keeper of the aquarium and we have forgot to be a fisher of people. Do you know what we're called to do? We're not called to make you comfortable and feel good. We are called to be a mission center to reach a lost and dying world for Jesus. We are called to be missionaries to Joplin. We are called to be missionaries to Baxter. We are called to be missionaries to Riverton. We are called to be missionaries to Carthage. We are called to be a center for a missionary evangelistic effort to reach this city for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. And if we're not reaching the God, if we're not telling people about Jesus, then we're not being the church. There's no reason why you can't invite somebody to church. There's no reason why you can't tell your story. There's no reason why you can't leave an extra tip at the table at the restaurant. Let your good works be seen that they may glorify your Father in heaven. 
If you're going to share your story, make sure your life lines up with the story that you tell. Don't, don't, don't be cussing on Facebook and witnessing on Monday. Can I hear an amen? Don't, don't, don't be pit, putting pictures of uh, cuss words on your Facebook and people having sex on Facebook because new, almost new pictures on Facebook and then the next day, crazy Christians putting Scripture on Facebook. You need to stop it and grow up. No wonder we can't reach a lost and dying world for Jesus because they think we're a bunch of hypocrites. Either you're going to be a Christian or you're not going to be a Christian. Thank you. Flipping through Facebook the other day and Christians putting pictures of their bosom on Facebook and hanging out, taking a picture, how many likes I can get showing my bosom on Facebook. I just unfriended it. Why don't you use your Facebook and put Scripture on there and be a missionary for Jesus? We're so into ourselves. There's so many selfies. We're so into it. We love ourselves. As a matter of fact, I think some of us, we worship ourselves. And I'm not saying it's wrong every once in a while, but some people are obsessed with it. I'm telling you, let's use every means possible to preach the gospel. Let's use Facebook and Instagram. Let's use our hands. Let's use our feet. Let's use our mind. Let's use our mouth. Let's be a walking message system of Jesus Christ. However we need to preach it, let's preach it. Let's preach it with a microphone. Let's preach it with Facebook Live. Let's preach it however. Let's get the message out. Is that all right, somebody? Let's get the message out. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying we've become guilty of the sin of silence. We've been quiet too long. Let's tell somebody. But Jesus, I asked you last week, remember I said, there's several things, if you can find it, that would be helpful. The, the challenge I gave to you last week was this. I, I challenged you last week to find somebody that don't know Jesus, share your story with them, be friends with them. Number two, I ask you to share your story with them. Number three, I said to participate in Go Point. Go Point is our outreach program. And yesterday... I asked you to come to the church at noon and I was going to give gift cards out and we were sporadically going to go throughout the city blessing people. Because people think all the church wants is my money. Well, we're just going to go out and do acts of kindness and bless people. We had a few show up and I'm appreciative of the, th the few that showed up. And then I ask you for next Sunday, we're going to have one service. I'm asking you to bring somebody to church. Amen? And then I'm asking you to give to missions. We have, once a quarter, we have a mission service. I'm asking you to be proactive that when we bring the flags out of the world and the nations we support, that we're making a conscious effort that, Pastor, I can't go to Africa or India, but I can send my money there and the gospel can be preached. 
Is, is that all right? Is that all right? So, so we not only reach Jerusalem, but we reach the world. How many believes that God has destined Christ's point not only to reach the region, but we need to have a world vision? I'm going to say that again, because your, your response doesn't even look like a regional response. But I, let me say it again. How many believes that we're called not only to reach the region, but we're called to influence the world? How many agrees with me? I'm going to say it again. Is there anybody back in the balcony that agrees with it? I said, how many agrees that Christ's point is not only called to reach Jerusalem, which is our region, but we're called to reach the world? Is, is that all right? And so, in September, September is going to be our first missions convention. We're going to have a missions convention in September where we're going to have food from different parts of the world. We're going to have different things in the foyer, in the sanctuary, all throughout the building that represents the world. It's going to be an amazing Sunday, all right? And we're on missionaries here. You're going to hear about how Christ Point can have a global impact. And so I want us as a church to get in the mindset that this is not about us. This is about reaching our city. It's about reaching the world. There's no reason why there should ever be an empty seat in this service or the 9 o'clock service or the 6 o'clock service because there is so much fish in the sea we can fill it all up. How many would stand with me and say, Pastor, I got your heart. I want to reach as many people as I can for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to make a difference. I want to tell my family. I want to tell my friends. I want to tell every person I know about Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, I want to tell as many people as I know about Jesus. Jesus.